Welcome everybody to another episode of Sonographers in the Cities. I'm Lynn. And I'm Giselle. Thank you for taking us on your daily routine. This is our second episode of this year. Thank you for all of you who've tuned in since day one or you're tuning in for the first time right now. Yes, you guys. Welcome. Today we have a special video. We have a guest uh, well, she was a student. I was going to say student. But now she's a sonographer because she just graduated. We have Rachel here. She's our SBI queen. Hi, Rachel. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you Hi, for Rachel. being here. Thank you for having me. So we are going to talk about all things SPI because that was one of the most requested topics from you guys. And Rachel, like I said, is our SPI queen. Uh, she'll kind of explain why she got that title. We are going to talk about registration because she actually also passed her abdomen and OBGYN as well. So we're going to see what it is, like how you can pass these exams like that. She did all three SPI, abdomen, OBGYN and passed all of them her first try. So let's just hear a little bit from Rachel about her journey, little summary, and then we'll go from there. So I applied to my ultrasound program in June of 2020 and I got accepted and we started in August that year. So our program was 17 months. So after we finished our two physics class, we were able to take our SPI since our classes were put into like two separate classes, which I really appreciated because the SPI is a lot of content. So we did one semester of the first few chapters in the book. And the second semester was really focused on like Doppler and quality assurance, which was great since that's 31% of the exam. So we had a whole class dedicated to that. So I took the SPI in June and passed on the first try. And then I took abdomen in October and OBGYN in December. I graduated in December and started working next week. Congratulations. That sounds so amazing. You're living everyone's you. dream. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, I've been following her for the whole year journey that she's been on. And it's been really awesome to just watch you grow and, you know, succeed in all that you do. So what are some tips that you feel like help you throughout your journey? I feel like the main thing was to just be dedicated. Like you can't just study like a few times a week and expect to pass these registries. You have to look at everything every day or like maybe... 30 minutes. I would, I used a lot of different things to study for the SBI. So I was probably a little bit of overkill, but I just wanted to be extra prepared and I'd rather be overprepared than underprepared because these registries are expensive. And it's important that you make sure that you don't take them if you're not ready. Don't let, you know, rescheduling bother you because if you have to do it, then you have to do it because that's $250 you can't get back if you fail. But it's okay to not pass your first time if you thought that you were ready and you weren't. But now you actually see what the exam is like and you know where to go from there and to know what to go over. But as far as studying for the there's a lot of different things out there. For the SPI, I know some of my classmates passed with just using the Green Edelman book. They did a lot of the questions that's in the back of the book in like the 400 pages. That Edelman book also comes with 
um, free X zone that you can take the page in the front of the book and mail it off. And you can use the same X zone that would come with the seminar without having to go to the seminar. But I did do the Edelman seminar. I feel like it was a good review to just go over everything. And I felt like everything really actually clicked that time. And it made sense that time than like the first time in class. And I'm like, what in the world are y'all talking about? But I did enjoy the Edelman seminar. I took that workbook with me like everywhere I went. I had it with me at clinical on the back of the book. That was kind of like a mock exam. And the questions in the book, I believe, were like very similar to the actual registry. The Green Edelman book, I feel like those questions are very good to test your understanding because that book will put things in the questions that you don't necessarily need to answer. And it's like up to you to filter out what information that you actually need in this question to answer the question. So if you can answer those questions in the Green Edelman book, you should be good for the SBI. I also used ultrasound registry review. I liked being able to have the mock exams to actually like sit down for two to three hours and take the exams as if I was taking the SPI and see how well that I did because they show you for the different contents how well that you did on each section on those mock exams. That's amazing. I personally did not use the Green Edelman book. Um, All the information you just said sounds extremely helpful to every student. Um, Do you have um, other books that you've heard that are good besides like the Edelman book, just in case like some people might not have the finances to go to the seminar or buy the book. Right. Yes. Penny has an um, examination review book for the SBI. I briefly looked at it and it does look like a good book. Davies also has some good study material for the SBI as well. That's great. And um, so I received like mixed recommendations or suggestions regarding studying for the SBIs. Like some people say you if you pick one and stick with it, it's better than studying every single book. And then others like I study every single book. So which do you think is better? I think it depends on the person. Some people probably understand better coming from one particular item, whereas I used almost everything I could get my hands on because I wanted as much practice as possible. I was scared to take the SBI, y'all. I was scared. So I, like I said, I overprepared. I did ultrasound registry review. I did a whole lot. But like if you want like to be overprepared, I feel like ultrasound registry review is the way to go for like all the registries because it will overprepare you. And that's good to be overprepared so that you can pass with, you know, questions to spare instead of just going in there and coming out with a 555, which that's great if you do. But I personally wanted to be as high as possible. I agree. I'm the same way. I get these questions a lot uh, when I pass my SBI. I was asked, when do you start studying for the SBI? So Rachel, when did you start studying for your SBI? Like, is there a time frame? Do you study a week before? So I started really studying for my SPI about a month and a half before I started studying after I finished my ultrasound physics class, the second one. So we had two semesters of ultrasound physics classes, like I said. So I started studying after I finished the Doppler part. Some of my classmates 
took the SPI like the same month after we finished our ultrasound physics class and passed, but I wanted to be prepared for it. I wanted to take my time to be able to have enough time to study. So I took mine pretty much almost in between my spring and summer semesters. Um, we have like a little break then that's not like an official break, but it's still break because like you're all from school, nobody's in at that particular time. So I really took my time to study then. And I think I took it like the first week back to school because I wanted to take it on a weekend so I wouldn't have to make up clinicals or anything. So I took mine on a Saturday, but I studied for about a little over a month. That's awesome. I think knowing yourself best is like the best way for you to succeed because everybody learns differently. Everybody like retains information differently. One thing that I did that I um, didn't do for the SBI and abdomen that I ended up doing for OBGYN was I printed out a calendar and I put the different subjects on it for which day what I would look at since I was a little bit short on time for OBGYN since I had it scheduled for like right before I was going to graduate and just everything going on with clinicals and everything, I kind of got behind in my studying and I actually just needed something to help me know what I was going to look at that day instead of just going on URR, just clicking on something. I wouldn't know what I would actually go over. So I printed out a calendar and each day I was studying for finals at this time too. So each day I would put which chapters I would study for from our final and then what I was going to go over for OBGYN, whether it would be first trimester second trimester, GYN, GYN pathology, or physics for that. What do you say is your like favorite, your favorite and the most challenging part of SBI for you? I would say that my favorite part is Doppler and the most challenging part is Doppler. Um, I, I really liked learning Doppler. I feel like it made a lot more sense learning about it. So when I actually went to scan, I would know why am I steering the box which way because it did not make sense at all before. I'll see when we're actually scanning, like a lot of stuff in ultrasound physics, we don't see or we don't personally change. Like, you know, we can increase our depth and stuff like that. But like artifacts, you can actually see when you're scanning. So I think it was cool to learn about them to know what they look like. So you're not mistaking something for pathology. How was the experience uh, for you taking the SBI and your other registry? Do you feel that the SBI was harder than your other registries or are they in the same level of difficulties? I feel like it depends on your understanding of the content because some people just absolutely hate physics. So if you're one of those type of people, SPI is not going to feel easy. For me, I kind of like flew through the test because I was overprepared to take it. I took it in like an hour, I think. I went through all the questions and then I barely flagged any. I don't think I flagged any on the SPI. I know I flagged some on abdomen. Abdomen was a lot harder. But for the SPI, I feel like if you understand your relationships and if you know what goes up when something goes down, that's a really big part of actually understanding how to answer those questions on the SPI, knowing what's directly related and inversely related. And if you know your different sides of the equal sign, for example, your numerator is going to be directly related to what's on the other side of the equal sign. And the denominator is going to be inversely related to what's on the opposite side of the equal sign. So if you know stuff like that, you they give you a paper that you can use for the SPI. And you can figure out a lot of questions by just writing down formulas when they come to your mind and going through it that way. For abdomen, I flagged about 35 questions. And I almost had a nervous breakdown in the middle of the test. And I was like, oh my goodness. 
I hope I was prepared for this. Like, I hope I wasn't memorizing questions on ultrasound registry review because I use ultrasound registry review for abdomen. But I did pass. But abdomen is like in what you're studying and you apply it, whereas the SBI is pretty much the physics is how it is. When you're scanning abdomen and you're answering those questions, it's like you have to think like you're scanning this patient, thinking about their history and actually trying to figure out what's going on. So a lot of abdomen was using your prior knowledge to help you come to an answer, whereas physics, the answer was going to be the answer. So with abdomen, you would have to like choose between questions and answers that which one was the most correct because you could see something and it's like, hmm, it could be this, hmm, it could be that, but which one made the most sense in that exam? And then with OBGYN, I would say was my second best exam because I'm on physics, I made a 685, abdomen, I made a 632, and OBGYN, I made a 671. So on OBGYN, I feel like what helped me was my clinical experience because I was at a maternal fetal medicine from April to when I finished clinics in November, I would go there. And when I first started, I was there for like three straight weeks. So that was a good time for me to really learn everything OB because we didn't really have a lot of OB volunteers for our lab due to COVID. So that was really my first time actually scanning OB. And they taught me so much there that helped me with my OB classes. Uh, the test is going to be that second trimester, second and third trimester. And that's really all that I scanned when I was there. We would do a lot of growths, a lot of BPPs, a lot of targeted ultrasound exams that looks at all of the anatomy that they're going to talk about on that exam. So that clinical experience fortunately helped me. But if you're not fortunate to be able to go to a site like that, you, there is good study material for you to understand the different OB pathologies because there's a lot of them and you have have to know the different ones and what's going to go with each one for the different trisomies, all the different congenital anomalies. So what I also used for OBGYN, instead of just ultrasound registry review, I used the penny book as well because the other, the red penny book has abdomen and OBGYN. I didn't use it much for abdomen, but I did use it for OBGYN when I would just want something broken down a little bit more than on URR, which helps me sometimes because sometimes just reading a whole long paragraph. You might not even remember what you read when you're finished reading. So when I needed a better explanation, I would go to the penny book where he breaks it down and has paragraphs and different schematics about what the different pathologies would be and the different sonographic findings that you would see with each one. I always think that like, I love listening to Rachel talk because she's so smart and I can see how hard she worked throughout <laughs> the whole year. And like, look at you now, like it's crazy. I just wanted to say you're so amazing with your study habits and all of that. What advice do you have for people who have a hard time studying or like being able to understand the material? Because you can study it as much as you want. And I know everyone has their own way of studying, but like, how can they really understand like the physics or the admin or the OBGYN without being able to like, you know, a lot of people say with their scanning and stuff, but some people can't scan at the same time as they're studying. What do you think they can do? I think it's best to just find what type of studying works for you. If you're a person that can read and understand that would work. I personally 
actually always rewatched my lectures. My program recorded our lectures for us so we could see them in our PowerPoints. But if your program doesn't, you might be able to record on your phone. It just depends. But when I would take my notes in class, I would type them on OneNote because I feel like I can type faster than I can write, but some people do better writing. I did okay with my digital notes though. So I would type my notes on OneNote while the lecture was going on. So if I missed something, I could go back and play the lecture and see where I might have missed something to put on my notes and I could just go fill it in real quick. I also use Quizlet. Quizlet also has a lot of different type of study, um, the different type of study things that you can do. They have a write where you can just type out everything. They have flashcards where you can look at them, look at the news to always use the learn. The learn had where you could do multiple choice questions from different sets. And then after you did the multiple choice questions, you could do write after that to make sure that you can recall the terms that you remember. So I think as far as for studying, it just it depends on the person. And it might take a while for you to figure out what actually works for you because I didn't get into like a good groove of knowing what I needed to do for studying until like my second semester in the program because I really had to learn how to study. It's different from your prerequisite classes where you could probably look at a chapter before going in and take the test and be fine for things like math. You had a calculator back then, you know, and you had like different tools that you could use to help you with prerequisites that you're not going to have and I feel like you just have to experiment with different things until you find which works best for you. I totally agree with that. You know, everyone is different. And even though we're learning the same thing, our experiences are different. Like, like Giselle's experience probably different than mine and mine definitely are different than yours. Um, it's so great to hear your experience. And honestly, it's very inspiring to me. I can't wait to uh, sit from my registry now from what you told all of us today is very, very inspiring. And I can definitely hear your passion for what you've learned and what you're doing now. Thank you, Lynn. I really appreciate that. And I'm glad that my experience is able to make you feel inspired. Yeah, we're excited because Rachel is now sonographer and we definitely are excited to see what comes from, you know, the, the new experiences you're going to get. I know you're learning vascular because you didn't do vascular with your program. So excited to see that. And I know that you've got a YouTube channel. So do you want to tell everyone about your YouTube channel? <laughs> Yes, my YouTube channel is A Pulse of Rachel. Um, I just recently did a graduation day vlog, like my last week in ultrasound school, where I took the OBGYN registry, had graduation rehearsal, and then I showed y'all a little bit on my graduation day of just me doing different things, getting my graduation dinner and stuff like that. So that was just a cool little vlog that I did. That was my last video. I have a lot more that I need to record, but with me not being in school, I have a lot more free time now, so I will be uploading a lot more videos in the future that sounds so exciting we can't wait to see what you have in store for your channel and we'll be tuning in thank you thank you rachel for your time for coming on here and sharing your experiences and telling us all about the sbi's abdomen and OBGYN registries we'll definitely hopefully our um listeners and audience can take away from your advices and suggestions. I definitely will be doing that. And for those of you who are listening, watching, wherever you're watching, listening, please don't forget to click those notifications, subscribe to 
Giselle's channel, you can always find us on Instagram. I'm at DMS Diaries. Giselle is at LL Giselle. It is also LL Giselle on YouTube. She also has a Discord. You can message her to be on her Discord. It's an amazing community with very supportive individuals. Rachel is on there. And you're also on Facebook, where she shares a lot of um, pathologies during that she found during work. So you guys definitely, we're, we're located in a lot of different places. We're here for you. Uh, as you can tell, we just love doing what we do and especially seeing uh, everybody succeed. We want you guys uh, to do your best in everything that you do. And we appreciate you, Rachel, for being here on today's episode. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I just got this in the mail yesterday. So hold on, the oh. lighting. Yes, there we go. For those of you who can't see, it's her certificate. Aww, so exciting. Wow, look at you go. I'm so proud of you. I could never take two exams in like one year. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I took three. But I know. Like, in, and OBGYN was like back to back almost because at school we could exempt our mock exams if we passed the registry before. And for abdomen, I was like, I'm not ready. I, I can't do this because I, I didn't start studying like I should have, which it was fine when I took it. And it's fine, like, if you take registries after you've graduated. It's just on, like, your timetable and what time it would be best for you to take it. But I studied for, like, a good month for abdomen. And OBGYN, I feel like I took about a little bit less time for me actually focusing like I should have but fortunately like my MFM background helped with that as well but I did not um take my abdomen registry before our mock exam at school I took my mock exam first because we could have exempted it but I was not ready and my teachers was telling us like do not take it just to try to exempt this test you know like take this mock registry because we have to pass with a 75 or higher in order to pass but for OBGYN, I got to the point where our my actual registry was two days after our mock registry since the testing center doesn't have a lot of dates. So that's also another problem that you may face right now taking registries because of the pandemic and everything. There's not a lot of dates for the registry at the testing center. I did take OBGYN online because I rescheduled it to the day before my mock exam because I felt like I'm not going to learn anything else in three days. You know, if I don't already know it by now, I'm not going to know it. So like the week before, I just like went over everything as much as I possibly could that I knew that was going to be heavily tested on like the different trisomies and the different baby positions and everything. The ARDMS has content outlines, which I would recommend everybody look at so you know exactly what you're getting into because a lot of people take tests and they were like, oh, I didn't realize I needed to study that. The ARDMS will tell you everything that is on the exam. I personally felt like abdomen was the trickiest of them all as far as answering, but I feel like OBGYN is definitely not trying to trick you. Like, I don't think they would put, do something like put a meningocele and a meningomyelocele. Like if you know what spina bifida, you know which one the picks. And abdomen is a little different because you have a lot of pathologies that can look the same. So also keep that in mind. That's very, very helpful. Um, so the takeaway for this episode, thank you, Rachel, so much for sharing is that 
you know you best. So as much <laughs> as all the information we give you and all the suggestions, what works for us, what doesn't work for us, you know you best. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> you guys have to know that we can give you guys all the information, all these tips, all these advice, but you have to do what's best for you and figure out what way is going to help you retain the information so you can take those tests. I mean, I'm a bad test taker. So like I can't pass my exams on my first try a lot of times and that's okay. As long as you pass eventually, you'll become registered. So thank you guys. Appreciate you. Hopefully we'll have Rachel on in the future after she gets more experience and yeah, we'll definitely talk more about um, other things with Rachel after um, she's, finishes up uh learning all the vascular stuff and then we can have you back on yay, yay. especially for like specialties because i know that we have um suggestions for echo abdomen OBGYN, vascular it's um what is it's like we have a lot in store for this year and hopefully we'll have you back on later in the year to, to talk about one of those registries or all of them All right, that's it, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all.